0: Terra Terra with "Don't Call Me Darling" on WPG 107 One's request live. What up? It's Bridget here today. I've got Terra Terra hanging out live in studio. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Hey,
1: yeah. thanks for having
0: us. Uh, do you guys want to go around and introduce yourselves and say what you play? Start off.
1: My name is Nick and I play bass. Hi,
2: my name is Joey and I play the drums. Go ahead,
3: Colin.
4: My name is Colin and I play guitar.
3: My name's Emily. I play guitar and sing.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, but all four of you are CU locals, right? F-
1: false. False. I am not. You're not. Okay. Where are you from? I'm originally from a far north suburb of Chicago called Antioch.
0: Okay. So Illinois locals.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: The, all the rest of you are CU. Born and, born and born raised. raised. Hey.
2: Yep. Emily is U-Town down, and uh, Colin and I are both from Champaign. We actually grew up in the same neighborhood. <laughs> U-Town down? u <U-town> down. <laughs> <or> oh. <Anna. laughs> Yeah, we're from Savoy, the province uh, south of Savoie Savoie, right. Savoy, as my mom said. S- Savoy. Is that it? Yeah, we grew up two blocks away from each other. Um, me and Joey. Actually. I didn't, we, uh, did you live there like your whole life? or uh, More or less. More or less, yeah. I moved into Savoy when I was four, but Colin and I didn't meet until we were about 16
4: or something like that. Tell me more.
0: Paths didn't cross until then? Nope. I missed
4: many potential jam sessions at, Absolutely, at our parents' houses.
0: So how would you say that um, growing up in CU or Chicago suburbs uh, has shaped you both as people and also as musicians?
4: That's a deep question. (laughs) Very deep question. Um, Well, for me, um, I think Champagne Mm -hmm. has taught me that um, it's a lot easier to pursue what you want to pursue when you have a supportive community behind you. Um, And I've never felt like I couldn't do something because um, there was something, too much competition, or just too much, No, um, you know, that I would be shot down if I did, did it. That's one of the great things about Champagne, I think. So um, I always felt encouraged and supported to do music, um, to do school, and to uh, basically just do what I'm doing right now.
2: Yeah, I would say growing up in Champagne was a unique opportunity for me because uh, no matter what background you came from, it seemed there was uh, always a venue to go check out music. Um, when. I was young, I think around 15, um, I saw a local, band, uh, local band Elsinore playing at a street fest, and that was the first time I'd really um, thought about playing music outside of, out of my basement or, or with my friends. Uh, but what's cool about Champagne was that there are a lot of talented bands in town that you also get to meet and then become friends with and then collaborate with. So um, if you are involved with the scene, the scene generally is, is involved with you. Uh, and that helped me as a musician grow in playing is that there were a lot of places to play, even though my my band was a lot of fun, but we were young, we had no idea what we were doing, and there were still plenty of venues like the Iron Post, the IMC, that would open up to us and and let us throw what
1: felt like really professional, high-quality shows.
0: Absolutely, for sure.
1: Well, I, I guess as far as where I come from, I started playing in bands when I was 12, and the scene where I'm from was like somewhat active around that time. Like when I was getting into, like later in middle school and in high school, the scene was very like not going on, and pretty much either dead or dying, um, or at least from from what I knew. Uh, so coming to the CU area was really refreshing. And uh, when I was visiting the U of I, as like sometime in high school, I asked, I went to one of those orange and blue days and asked someone about the music scene. And um, it's cool to say several years later that I have been a part of that, and it's been really cool to be to be a part of that the past, like, you know, four or five years, especially from where I, where I came from, and there wasn't a whole lot going on, so it's nice to have that.
3: Yeah, definitely for me, I've um, really enjoyed all the genres that are represented in our music scene. I think we could still do a better job of, um, you know, creating diverse bills. Sometimes it tends to be, like, you know, this type of band only or whatever, but... Lately, I think I've been noticing a lot of different types of music, and that's been influencing me in how I play and how I write, too. Um, especially, like, listening to more hip-hop and watching more hip-hop has been awesome.
0: Yeah, we've definitely been evolving, I think, as a music scene a lot. I've seen a lot more diversity coming out.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Um,
0: so that's really cool to see. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit to, to your guys' origins. You've, you've been a band since around 2014, right? Maybe yeah. a little longer. Um, gone through several lineup changes and some changes in sounds since then. Do you want to talk a little bit about how this four-piece kind of came to be what it is today?
3: Yeah, sure. So I started out under my name and then having a backing band. And then there were some people that would float in and float out. And after a long, not to like to over-summarize, but that's kind of basically what happened is we just decided this is the core of the group and this is a group and not a solo act. And so... We write and collaborate a lot um, with the newest stuff, especially. It's been really fun. We've changed from like an acoustic guitar girl with a guitar band to like two guitars with pretty intricately matching parts and um, electric sound instead of acoustic. So that's lots of fun. shredding. Lots of <laughs> shredding. <laughs>
4: <There we are. laughs> yeah. I'm a robot, and in case I anyone roll. wasn't aware already. <laughs> Your are
2: well, pedal board
3: looks like a robot. S- speaking
4: of robot, uh, you guys sound like uh, cyborgs a little bit. Like, if you talk, just, like, say something really... Yeah, I'm wondering if that's, that's the headphones or... If you can hear this out here and, and you're hearing a little
2: bit of distortion on our voice, we are not robots. Right. I guarantee, We're we are humans. Human life people. I know that's something a robot might say to convince you that they're not robots. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I assure not. you, I we train. are human.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry we're, we're having a little bit of difficulty with our mics but uh, yeah we're doing the best that we can um, but yes robots I think you're killing it <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: actually um, since we're, we're we're talking about our sound changing one of one of the things that one of the things that I think has changed our sound significantly has been trying to uh, like Colin said becoming more not necessarily robotic but more technical and really really fine-tuning our live sound this has come with me playing with a click track, um, all of us just getting better gear, as a musician does. You start to hoard pedals and uh, guitars as things that will elevate your sound. Um,
1: Damn, I thought you were going to say we were becoming robots, but you were close.
2: No, so close. Um, but you a, are robots. So. But we are robots. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's weird, because when you, when you transition into playing with a click and, and playing uh, not necessarily perfect, but playing really clean, uh, trying to uh, not necessarily orchestrate every note, but become tighter as a band, sometimes it does sound a little bit robotic. So we've been figuring out how to toe the line between uh, playing the record on stage and having fun on stage. And, and some somewhere's a balance, which is really, really hard to hit, but I think we're doing an okay job so far. I don't know, what do you guys think? Yeah, we're there. I think,
4: I we're think that if, if anyone who's, who's listening has seen a live show that they really enjoyed and it was really... Tight and energetic, and uh, it seemed like a perfect show. There's no secret to it. Everyone is just putting in a lot of practice and <laughs> preparation. And so, um, like for us, like we're just a work in progress. So and robots, and we're robots, <laughs> really. So,
0: so what go- what goes into bringing a uh, record live on stage?
3: Oh, like playing our new material, or just how in general? In the recording?
0: Yeah, going um, from going from uh, here's our recording, here's our writing process to uh how do we translate this into a live show
3: oh i understand the question Mm -hmm. um well we're pretty live as a band in our recordings so we don't have to do a lot of like we don't have to do any backtracking or any um samples or stuff like that a lot of it comes from colin's guitar tones which are super specific and arranged per section so you can click through i mean i'm sure he could talk way more about it but that's just that's my interpretation and then um I mean, Joey has to tune his kit in a specific way, and Nick has this new pedal, too, that grits up. Yeah. So it sounds <laughs> sort of like that. <laughs> I don't know why I hang out with robots, but it's just, like, something I do. Oh, yeah.
2: You just say it grinds your gears a little bit. Get out. Glad that you're for away
3: from Right now. That. Colin likes to get really close to the mic and hold it, like he's caressing a beautiful woman.
4: That's n- no, that's incorrect, <laughs> that's even I'm though sorry. I am holding it. <laughs> by yeah. the
1: ears.
0: so um, we were talking a little bit about your writing process before um, you said you started off as kind of like a solo act and a backing band and then uh, transitioned to this so, so what's the writing process like now does one person come in with an idea and then you guys all build on it or do you just start from scratch all together
4: I think it varies from song to song um, I think some of the songs on our new record came together completely as a collaborative unit um, and others, uh, Emily basically had uh, all sketched out beforehand and we just added parts on top of it so um, I wouldn't say that we really played a songwriting role as much as uh, just an instrumental arrangement role um, so yeah, I don't know I think it's, it's j- it just varies depending on um, the song and uh, our various influences at the time
3: I um, am going to refute that point. I think that you do play a songwriting role because we've actually have this like music law book and I'm like interested in the legal parts of this. So songwriting is technically the chord structure and co- like kind of like the chord map in a song and the lyrics and the melody. So a lot of the chords change especially in the new stuff. Um Colin sort of just like takes a section and he's like what if we did this instead and it, dr- it drastically changes the mood of the song. So you would technically be a co-writer, which is pretty cool. If we get rich and famous, get there you go. Get that
4: <laughs> money in my pocket. Get that money. I, I would say,
2: real quick on that, the more that we collaborate as a as a unit or as a band, um, ever since we made the shift from backing band to just a band of equal members, that formula for writing songs keeps disintegrating more and more, and it's becoming more random. So more songs are coming out of random jams, but every now and then Emily will write a golden, perfect tune. That sounds great for A banger, as you may. (laughs) And uh, and it's very easy for us to figure out where we go in that song without changing it too much. But um, plug for uh, Emily Blue's solo music. If she brings us a song that we can't quite work out, um, she can use that in her own work or just save
4: it for another time. So... Keep
0: it in
3: my back pocket. Emily
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily is, Emily is a, a fountain of songs and so it's I think it's great that she has I mean for anyone who follows Emily she plays in this band Terra Terra she plays in Boycott um and her solo act which is Emily Blue and it I it, correct me if I'm wrong on this but she just writes tons of songs and then chooses which <laughs> band she wants to uh give that song to in essence. power.
3: Yeah. I think that's kind of accurate, um, unless one of the people in the other projects starts the song. Yeah. Like, if Joe Meland in Boycott starts a beat, then I'd go on top of it, so I'm like the icing part, you know? Right. But um, I do have an, a, just like a crazy amount of material that I have that it couldn't possibly all match our project or my project or whatever. I just, yeah. There's some that get thrown away, just completely thrown away, but. A lot of the times I try
0: to use them somehow. All right, so we are going to take a very short break, listen to a song. Uh, it's Smoke from Your First Debut Record by Terra Terra, and we will be right back. Smoke by Terra Terra off their debut album, Daughter. Um, you guys want to talk a little bit about that song? Before we get into some of the other stuff,
4: sure. Um, well, I think Emily can probably expose the lyrics just a little bit more. Um, but in terms of the instruments, um, that was a that was the last song that we recorded for our first album, um, and it was kind of a, just at the very end of the process. And um, in fact, we didn't have enough time in the studio to uh, do what we normally do, which is record each instrument separately. So that song was a live take uh, all the way through, and. Um, as far as the instruments go, I just remember that take, that particular take, um, just feeling, like, so good. The end, I remember just being, like, super satisfying. Um, and so I was engineering that particular session, and, um, but I was also playing. Um, and I just knew at that point, like, we weren't going to have to do any more takes. So, I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for, but hopefully Emily can talk a little bit about the the lyrics.
3: Yeah, so the lyrics are, um... Well, I don't know. How do I start this explanation? Basically, I bought a pack of cigarettes, and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? But, you know, that just kind of like that question, and um, I sort of just compare it to a relationship that it feels similarly, like a hmm. sort of habitually bad relationship, I guess. So if you listen to it, it's more about the relationship than it is about smoking, um, but I also don't smoke anymore. I never really did. Don't smoke, kids. Don't yeah, start. don't do it. It's that, yeah, yeah, really bad. I listen to the song and then decide not to. <laughs>
0: cool. All right. So um, you guys have been have been uh, bouncing around a lot between here and Chicago lately. Uh, what, are, what are some of the major differences that you've noticed between the two places?
3: Colin's pointing at me because I spend the most time there. Um, well, the major differences are that it's just a huge place to kind of conquer as a music scene it's not really a music scene it's more like a bunch of different scenes next to each other that intersect in different ways because it's a city and there's different neighborhoods um there's different um types of music represented in different neighborhoods so it's kind of like hard to crack and I think that um you just have to find who you vibe with the best and try to get a great bill um, mm-hmm. The venues are different too. There's this one venue I played last night called Emporium. That's like an arcade venue, and they give you tokens. That's and stuff. cool. It is really awesome. I was there too. Yeah, Nick was there too. And he plays bass in Emily Blues, and we get to have a totally silly time. But yeah. So do you have a favorite
0: venue in either location, both here or Chicago?
2: R.I.P. Mike and Molly's. Oh, oh yeah, man. Same. So sad. I dream about that place every night. I mm. dream about and there, and there are a lot of people in the scene who have an even tighter and longer connection to Mike and Molly's. Mm-hmm. And it's so great that we got to play there. At one point, we were playing maybe like a show a month. Um, and a lot of great people worked, worked there, again, I with the see. late Mike and Molly's.
4: Mike and Molly's was one of those, um, the few venues in Champaign that mm-hmm. really would take pretty much anybody who wanted to play um, and put them on a bill. And we got to meet... Um, Actually, some of my favorite bands just played at Mike and Molly's: um, Caroline Smith, um, oh The Soil and the Sun. Mm-hmm. We played it, we played on bills with them, Lily and Madeline, um, and so they had really awesome acts coming through. But um, local acts were um, supported on their on their bills, which was really cool. Um, so definitely miss Mike and Molly's a lot. Um, For sure, that was Me the too. first yeah <laughs> real like champagne venue that I got to play. I don't know how
1: I want to say like two. I've played there. And maybe everyone collectively in this room has played there way too many times to count. Like even in the span of just like a few months. Mm -hmm. I even
4: uh, got to run run sound there for about a year um, at the very end of Mike and Molly's. And I don't know, I feel like once I got to know the room really well and um, saw like a lot of bands playing there and got to do sound there, I started appreciating it even more. And then, so I was even more sad.
3: I want to give a quick shout out to the Accord because they have the best lighting. And, and the fog good. machine is on point. It I think is. they're closing and turning into something kind of similar to how Mike and Molly's closed and turned into something. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, which was the Owners
1: and stuff. I work there, so I, I had to hear about it and such last week. As long as they keep weeks.
3: having music,
0: though, hopefully I'll be happy. Yes, please, whoever yeah. is taking over the Accord, keep having awesome music.
1: And change your name because it's kind of silly. Sorry. The Accord. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 According to right. whom, the, Nick? The new name, sorry. I won't disclose.
3: That's two bad puns. We've we got a soft. score of two bad puns so far.
1: Uh, sorry, talking about venues, I <laughs> would say, mm. and maybe other people in the room would agree, that um, at least one of the fa- our favorite venues that we've played in Chicago is uh, the Metro. Yep. Uh, it's just like a nice sounding room. It's like nice and wide, but not, not too. it's just like the right size. Um
3: feels pretty epic, too. It,
1: it, yeah, it does. Uh, we played there twice, like, last September and then the September before that. And um, I actually went to a show there back in January, and it was awesome.
4: I, I still come across YouTube videos of some of, I think, like, my favorite, like, 90s artists playing at the Metro, like Smashing Pumpkins and um, Jeff Buckley. Um, and it, every every time I just, like, it, I don't know, it. it's kind of surreal because I know that I've, I've played on that stage. But um, I feel like they have so many bands that, come through the metro that it's just it's just a venue that has a ton of music you know it's not anything um special it's not pretentious um Definitely. it's just really nice
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
3: so speaking of that um what are some of your guys' favorite bands right now that you're listening to let's see i i actually have been kind of on a solo artist kick just like strong front women or strong women artists so erica badu and um solange are my picks right now
0: nice
4: I've been listening to uh, Pine Grove recently. Um, so yeah, Joey's also been on a Pine Grove kick. They um, they played an Audio Tree session that you absolutely have to see if you haven't checked it out yet. It's on YouTube. Um, Pine Grove, it's kind of a like a country emo crossover. Interesting. Um, which is, I don't know, I, there's no band out there, to my knowledge, that sounds like Pine Grove. And it's just really interesting, really great guitar work. The lyrics are fantastic. Um, besides that... Um, I've been getting back into Radiohead, and um, last night I spent some time at a piano jamming to Kid A, um, and (laughs) I I forgot how much I love that album.
1: Nick, you want to go? Sure, why not? Um, I've been jamming to the new Thundercat album, which came out about a week ago, and there was new Menzingers that came out last month that I've been listening to. And surprisingly, a band that I've found that I've gotten into recently is the band Ghost, if you're familiar with them. I someone at the the great cover-up did them and I thought their set was just like awesome and really cool so I checked out the band and I'm not really like a metal kind of guy like it's really not what I'm into but I'm finding that I really like ghosts for whatever reason and I love the I really love the whole like satanic kind of cult thing I just think it's fun. Nick has like a,
3: a you're, workout you're robot, room so. and he always <laughs> plays music really loud while he works out and we all live together except for Colin and I'm always like, what are you listening to? That is so good. Everything that you're listening to right now, I don't know what it is. You are listening to a lot of hip-hop, too. I am. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I am. Y- yeah. There's, like, you need to make me a playlist because I got to have it.
1: Hit me up, okay. uh, listeners, for a playlist. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, hit Nick up. Hit Tara Tara up. We'll make you a playlist custom-made by Nick.
2: Um, so for me, like Colin said, Pine Grove, I've been listening to a lot. Um, there's a band out of Chicago, um, called Monobody, um, that's really fantastic. They just put out a split with another Chicago band, Pyramid Scheme, and that satisfies um, two of two of my favorite genres being mathy, ridiculous kind of prog rock and jazz. Robot as well. music, yeah, robot music, yep. pretty much. Um, there's a. <laughs> it's also, um, well, let's see, what have I been listening? to? Last night I listened to the Fox um, LP mm. again. They're one and only. Um, and I was on Audio Tree. We were talking about Pine Grove because I watched their section. Mono uh,
4: Audio Tree just came out yesterday. It did, and it's
2: re- yeah, it's, it's really ridiculous. good, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, this is bad, but I've been going through like a lot of bands that um, I'd heard other people talking about, but I never really checked out because I just assumed that they were really, really good, and I acknowledged that they were good. And one of those bands was New Order. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. as, as far as Britpop goes, I don't know too much about it, so I've been listening to their singles. Um, shout out to Evan Opitz uh, in his band Phantom Broadcast for covering Bizarre Love Triangle because that's a fantastic song and uh, I don't think I really would have paid attention to New Order had I not heard that single. Nick Soria is also in that band. Uh, Get out of bass. everyone's band.
3: Give me
4: your band. <laughs> Give
3: me your band.
4: <laughs> you, everyone who's listening is getting a little bit of an inside scoop into what our humor is like and Good. it's really goofy and specific. It's a lot of
1: bad jokes and memes. Yeah.
3: Lots of love. Be- okay, so quick pause in our conversation um oh we're we've discovered the what and, Tarn- Watt and meme have you discovered that i have not all right listeners you need to look it up you're about this to next big thing yeah you're about to lose some brain cells all
0: right amazing right all right well we're gonna take a short break um uh very shortly first uh i wanted to ask uh so since you your debut album daughter you haven't really officially released any new music yet, but you've been teasing some things on social media. Is there anything you can tell us uh, about what to look forward to?
4: We have our second album recorded uh, and mixed and mastered and basically just sitting, waiting to be released, which is really exciting for us to finally be able to say that. Um, And we're going to play a song um, off of this new album. Um, And for anyone who's uh, watched our Audio 2 session, it's called Lorelai. so you can find, so it's technically technically out there on YouTube and in some form, but um, this is the studio recording that will be on the album, and that's exciting.
0: And this is the first place that you can hear it, and the only place that you can hear it right now. So we're going to take a listen to that uh, right after the break, and then we'll be back with a little bit more chats, and then we're going to have to say goodbye.
1: Cool. Hey.
0: Brand new by Terra Terra. That was mm-hmm. Laura uh, Hey, it's Bridget here on wpgu 1071. hundred and seven one. I'm here with Terra Terra in the flesh or robotic parts. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little about this
3: song or the new record?
4: Sure, <laughs> but not me. Someone else.
3: <laughs> Apparently, Colin does not. Well, it depends. What would you like to know? Anything you want to say? <laughs> All right. Well, it's new. It's, it's new, and it's a record. And we've been working really hard on it. And I think. Personally, it's been quite a journey in my writing, just really challenging myself to create lyrics that are interesting, but also really original and um, kind of relevant to one another. So that's been really fun. And this record to me also represents our development as a band. It's a lot different than the first one. And um, yep, definitely. I think it's pretty clear. Also pretty fun to play live.
1: And not to discredit the first album, because we love that and it has its place, but this feels like the first album that's, like, really us. Yeah, Because, like, a lot of the stuff from Daughter was still... Like, a lot of that songwriting was still from when it was just, like, Emily with a backing band, you know, with the exception of a few tracks off that. But this one's the one that feels like it's really us.
3: Yeah, and um, we are actually playing these songs live, so if you come to, I'm going to shameless plug right now, if you come to our Cowboy Monkey show on March 10th, you mm-hmm. can hear that, and a lot of other ones, because we are practicing them very hard. So you guys asked me to play uh, Lorelei specifically, is there any
0: particular reason?
4: Well, Lorelei, um well, okay, for one, there are probably some people out there who already know it, mm-hmm. um, and so... It's cool to show off maybe the new version of it and the, the polished version of it. Um, we did make some changes to it um, in the studio. We used to have uh, this, like, this guitar solo at the end that was like kind of fun and awesome, but we just felt like it, um, it dragged the song on a little bit. So we um, rearranged it um, quite a bit in the studio to have a little bit more of a verse-chorus structure. Um, so hopefully uh, what you find is something that is uh, just as enjoyable, but maybe a little, a little more concise. Um, but also, uh, we feel like it's a banger. That's
1: the (laughs) (laughs) real reason. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Feel that. Feel that. All right. So, um, going back to what we were talking about before, um, and all your experiences and stuff, you guys have been on two full U.S. tours, right? Well, half U.S. Half Half U.S. Okay. Two U.S. tours. Um, what was. U.S. tour. One full. One half. Got it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what was what was there so complicated? Oh, what was your favorite place to play a show at? First of all, and you can stay here um, if you want to.
3: Well, I always like going south because the weather is different and the scenery is different. So I really liked playing in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys yeah. even remember that, I but we, we played in Atlanta and we soul bar. yeah, and it was like sort of um, a Mike and Molly's type of venue yeah. in the size and the capacity. So we were like, well, we don't know. What's going to happen tonight? And we played with a country singer, which was like... I don't know wh- I don't know how tours get booked, but we always play with a bunch of different types of artists. We were like, I don't know what this, if this crowd's going to dig us. But mm-hmm. they ended up dancing all night, even to the slow songs. So oh, I was awesome. happy about that.
1: My favorite show was actually one that wasn't originally scheduled. So we did a, uh, like a two-week tour back in August. And um, so we had a show in New York City... Uh, we a couple shows in New York City, and then we had like a couple days off before our next show in like Knoxville, Tennessee, I think. And we we're just like, okay, what do we do? And so we we're like, oh, we've got a couple friends in Pittsburgh, so and they would, you know, set us up for free. So like, let's all drive to Pittsburgh, cause why not? Um, shout out to our friends Kirby and Lyndon out in Pittsburgh. Um, so we were just hanging out there, you know, a couple days, and then um, I think it was either Kirby or Lyndon was like, hey, do you guys want to play a house show? And we were just like, uh, f yeah. So, um, we ended up playing a show in someone's basement, and it was, like, really, really hot, but, like, really packed, and it was just, like, I don't know, it was just, like, such a fun show mm-hmm. um, that we just, like, didn't plan for, and it ended up being, like, a lot of fun. We sold, like, a decent amount of merch, and it was just, I don't know, there was just, like, an energy to playing in a basement. Um, and we hadn't really, hadn't, at least at that point, hadn't played, like, a ho- like a real house show in a while, so it was really cool mm-hmm. to have that sort of change from, like, playing in, like, bars and venues to, like, being in someone's basement and um, playing in this really intimate setting. Hmm. So that definitely, was a very,
0: definitely a very different feel. Yeah.
4: The only venue that I believe we've played on both tours um, is this house um, in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, um, that uh, we had booked the... I forget exactly how we got in touch with um, the people who live there, but um, usually when you play a house show, you expect you, you walk in, you load into the the dingy dark basement, smells like, like, we gold, like beer and weed and all this. uh, And um, there's, like, graffiti on the walls. Um, And so this is what, whenever we, like, think about a house show, this is what we expect. Um, And uh, we roll up to this house, and it's this uh, massive uh, um, mansion-type house uh, out in the middle, like, uh, on, like, the outskirts of of town in Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, and it turns out that, uh, the house is owned by, um, this doctor and his family, um, who just love music, love making music, love playing it, um, love supporting like local acts, and So they put on shows in their, their gorgeous, massive living room. Um, and they, they put up the bands for free, um, like super, uh, like hospitality type people. And, um, uh, they've become pretty close friends with ours. They, um, play in a band called Super Trash, um and definitely check them out they're they're a pretty fun band that's so so cool yeah
2: yeah shouts out to
4: uh to mary lou and robin robin lou robin lou yep all the lou family yep
0: so a lot a lot goes on during a tour do uh what was some of the funniest or weirdest things that have happened to you guys on tour
3: well we like to stay in red roof inns a lot that's just like a fun tradition Mm -hmm. um trying to think of <laughs> if there's anything i can like actually say.
4: chinese buffets are pretty huge for us to be honest all right, all right. um there's like a, a huge amount of value that can be gained from going to a chinese buffet <laughs> um uh, there's one there's one one of the ones that we went to was in the middle of nowhere kentucky um that was seven dollars that was the we best got, seven dollars like the senior lunch special yeah it was, <laughs> 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 but it was like every yeah it was every every lunch was the senior lunch special um you can't go wrong with chinese buffets on tour um, as long I mean, as you exercise. You, you can, like but... Yeah, you can. It's, but, it is possible. Uh, don't. We've never gotten food poisoning. <laughs> That's but all yeah, I'll say. Yep.
2: I'd say we're, as a band, pretty uh, m- mentally preoccupied with food, consuming food, sometimes making food, mostly eating it. Um, when we were in New York, we actually got to go to Ben's... Pizzeria? Is that what it's called? Oh, I think that's Ben's. what it's called. Uh, which is from the title sequence of Louis C.K. If you, oh
0: wow, if, okay.
2: If you think that's rad, we thought it was kind of like, rad. That's, specific, that's specifically
1: why I went there. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I'm trying to think what else, as, as far as funny
1: has been a little bit of sketch. A lot
3: of it can't be repeated, probably. Uh, uh, for fear
1: of uh, either tarnishing our reputations or incriminating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, no, no, I want to know even more. We didn't hear anything. Grandma,
0: if
1: you're listening, we, we keep it wholesome
2: on tour, I guarantee. God bless, <laughs> of course.
0: All right, well, we're, we're starting to run out of time here. So um, you, you've got a show, like you mentioned, next Friday, March 10th. It's at Cowboy Monkey. Uh, yep. you want to talk talk a little bit about that briefly
4: uh it's gonna be awesome uh not because we're playing because there's Uriah <laughs> and um the innkeepers and um uh everyone else is gonna be awesome social imaginary that's the that's the third one yep. um <laughs> so it's an all local set um and it should be a lot of fun so be sure to come out it's at eight p m uh covers seven dollars
1: see you there see
4: you. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Emily's red like a tomato right now. For anyone, <laughs> if if that wasn't communicated <laughs> clearly you, is through the video. Okay? <laughs> she's losing it. I don't know. I'm not entirely
0: sure. <laughs> All oh. right. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to say to see you before we sign off? See you there. Come oh. We
3: oh, see <laughs>
2: you there. Hold on. Hey. Can I, can I do like a round of shout outs real quick? Shout out to... Boswell Hudson, manager, manager. thanks, Bos. You me. make us who we are, and I hope you're proud of me. Please be proud of me. Um, shout out to the um, people who have helped us book shows in CU, like uh, Isaac Arms. Shout out to Bob Henne, who's yep. done sound for us a lot. Is doing sound on and, March 10th? And doing sound on March 10th. Yeah. Uh, shout out to um, all of the members who have collaborated with us, uh, yep. longtime collaborators like Celine Broussard and Alea Weibel, who, who have been with us. Um, shouts out to them and all of the listeners who keep listening to us and who have listened to us talk for 45 minutes now. That's wow. crazy. I'm so sorry. Why? Thank you.
3: <laughs> shouts out.
1: Thanks for wasting your time with us. Mm.
0: <laughs>
3: shouts
0: That's out amazing. to Bridget. Oh, yeah. Thank thanks, you. Bridget. Of course, of course. It's so great to have you guys on air. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a fan of you guys for a long time, so it's been it's Aww. been great. It's okay. it's been so cool to have oh, you on yeah. air. So, um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish out with a song. Uh, you've probably heard it. It's uh, it's pretty much the the biggest single by Terra Terra, uh, Daughter. Uh, once again, make sure to check them out at Cowboy Monkey uh, Friday, next Friday, not this Friday. Uh, Cowboy Monkey. I already said that. Stay tuned for the rest of Request Live, including a chance to win tickets to Lil Wayne. I'll catch Whoa. you on the other side. Wow, Easy. I might stay. Yeah, stay. <laughs> stay. stay. Stay tuned.